Hello, everyone. This is DJ Mel for Real Podcast. Yes, that is right. This is DJ Mel for Real Podcast, and this is your host, JML, flying at you, coming with the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joshua Raring. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing pretty well today. Uh, you know, just nice, casual, easy Saturday. It's a nice day here. Easy, easy like a Saturday evening. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? That's the last time I attempt to sing on air. Until the next time I do it. So it sucks to be, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's what you say. That's the last time I you know I smoke a cigarette. Three minutes later you're smoking another cigarette. And... That's the last time I have Twinkies. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> Actually, I don't like Twinkies, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we are we are uh, continuing our free agency series this time with a, a nice in-depth look at the AFC East. Um, you know, depending on the length of the show, maybe we'll throw the NFC East in. But uh, right now, it's just going to be the uh, the AFC East. Uh, we, we will be. There is a chance that if um, there is a chance that we will have to expand to three shows some week to get all of our free agency content in before the. Uh, you know, before uh, free agency officially hits. So be on the lookout for that. I will definitely announce it uh, at the, I'll definitely announce it at the end of this show. If, uh, th- if there's a chance that we'll uh, be going to a three release uh, a week schedule. So, but yeah, no, uh, definitely. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you uh, to the JML for real community. Um, but thank you for uh, welcoming back after the break. I still, we're actually going stronger now than, than we were uh, be, uh, before the break. So uh I thank you everyone for tune, who tunes in and listens. And uh, today we'll be breaking down the AFC East. Uh, we will be looking at their salary cap situation. We will be looking at uh, their needs. We're going to be looking, talking some free agents available based off of that. And uh, a quick glance at their draft picks so that we know what they have to solve in free agency versus what in the draft. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, make a, a few hot takes, a few facts. And, uh, yeah, let's get started, right? Right, yeah, I'm ready when you are. All right, so uh, we, we, we got the leading off, we have the Buffalo Bills. Um, but the, the cap space that they have listed for is uh, they are over the cap currently right now at 1.33 million. But as I covered in the show previous, uh, previously this week, that they really have a potential cap space of 28.5 million by, by really kind of releasing some of the dead weight off the team. But the most notable of those that would have to be released for that as we're keeping in mind needs that um, they, they probably in order to get to that number, they would probably have to release Cole Beasley and they would probably have to release star uh, Latuelai. So that's a piece of the rotation of the defensive line and that there is a piece. Uh, and, you know, obviously Cole Beasley is a member of that receiving core. So um, let's take a quick glance at the free agents that will be lead, uh, that that could be leaving the team. Uh, Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. So, you know, combining, they, they had a nice rotation of nine that really kind of failed in the playoffs for them. Uh, so in order to get to a spot where, the, where, com- where there's comfortable cap space, they, they'd have to cut one of them. Two others are um, unrestricted free agents. Other names of note that are, are free agents this, are at this point are Emmanuel Sanders. So that kind of, so Obviously, if we're cutting Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders isn't returning, we are looking for a wide receiver. 
So we are looking for big time help on, on the defensive line. We are looking for a wide receiver. Um, from from watching the 2021 season, I, I'll let you jump in on this, Josh. From watching the 2021 season, where do, were the Bills weak in your opinion? Uh, coin flips. Are <laughs> you know, still saying they oh, were going across the way from the ring? But di didn't the Bengals actually stop the Chiefs? So we can probably say that maybe as a result of good play from their secondary, so maybe Buffalo's a little weak in the secondary? Uh, maybe. I, also, I think you guys, they run a different style, but outside of like three or four weeks, Devin Singletary was not somebody that you would trust to be productive for you if you need it. I completely agree with that. Uh, I and... um. Yeah, that that's one the only place I'd really say is not a big fan of that uh, that secondary form. Yeah, so we're you know obviously losing, and you know part of that was them not getting the pass rush when they needed to, and they're losing three pieces from that rotation. So I would say the defensive line is probably the biggest need, but you know pick pick your poison between uh, secondary. Um, uh, pick pick your poison between secondary wide receiver running back for what they need after that. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I would think that he needs another weapon on the offensive side. So, as far as a wide receiver, you know, if you're losing both Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, uh, do you, do you think that the wide receiver is is more of a priority, or do you think running back is more of a priority for the way that they play it? So I'm gonna say running back, and I'm gonna hit you with my kind of first take here. Okay. Or my first hot take. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, they've already solved running back with Isaiah McKenzie. Or, uh, uh, you know, they've solved that, like, wide receiver running back issue with Isaiah McKenzie. They, they have a Devo Samuel-esque type player there. They just have to use him. Well, they have to re-sign him because he's actually on the list of free agents that they are parting with at this current point. But how much do you think – how much do you actually think – He's going to cost them to resign. Um, are they chasing an elite edge rusher, or are they just going to try to build it from the secondary players on the market? I'm thinking they'd probably just start it from what they've got, right? Yeah, I mean, clearly they need to replace three pieces if they're going to continue to go with what they've got. Um, so, but, so if we think that they're going to rebuild from there, then – then I would say very much that uh, Isaiah McKenzie and they could probably also, you know, get another offensive piece on top of it too. But, you know, part of me, you know, when I, when I look at their cap space, it's they're, they're dealing with 28 million in an AFC that where everyone has more than that. The advantage that Buffalo mm -hmm. has though, they're so close to winning a title that it's an appealing spot for free agents. So maybe right. someone Maybe someone who uh, let's let's look down the list of uh, free agents that free agent edge rushers without a ring that are that are aging. That's probably a, a good place to start. Um, Von Miller. Well, Von Miller has two rings, but he, he right, he but he's still going to be one. Yeah, uh, I mean, we talked what, about it last week. He loves Denver, but how much do you love Denver versus how much do you love winning? What about Akeem Hicks? 
Oh, I could see that too. Um, you know, I'm looking Akeem Hicks, Calias Campbell for some replacement on the inside. Uh, mm-hmm. Chandler Jones hasn't won, has he? Oh no, he he was with the Patriots. Yeah. Um, and Clowney hasn't won. Oh yeah, and he you might actually be able to get him kind of at a discount for some reason now. Yeah. So uh, has Justin Houston won? Was he with? Was he on that Kansas City team that won? I believe he was. Okay. And now this is where somebody's going to text me in like twenty minutes or twenty minutes after this goes live and be like, "You're an idiot." I I, I don't know if he was on that championship team. To be completely honest, like I feel like he's drifted a little over the last three years, but um. Another Melvin Ingram's been around for a while and he hasn't won. Hmm. So I, I think that Buffalo becomes a very uh, appealing place to a uh, to a Melvin Ingram, a, a, a Justin Houston, a, a Jadeveon so County. So they might actually take so a, we, a cut. Yeah. So we are recording this in 2022. We do have the added advantage of Google. Yep. Uh, yep. Justin Houston does not have a ring. Justin Houston does not have a ring. Okay, so so we're talking the Justin Houston, the Melvin Ingrams, the um, uh, those type of players that that might be willing to come to Buffalo for a little less than they would go elsewhere. Buffalo could fill mm-hmm. fill up some of the needs overall. The, the, the truth is, you're not going to be able to rebuild this defensive line, get a a, a top uh, wide receiver piece and a top running back piece. But if you went the Isaiah McKenzie route, you could probably uh, put a few more um, good role players uh, on that offense too. You know, ones to fill the the Beasley or Sanders role. Um, but let's let's look at who's available at the wide receiver for, for a moment. See if we have that possession, that third down type, and that deep threat. Uh, when I when I'm looking, um, how about Odell Beckham Jr. for 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 the deep threat? Oh, that's- yeah, I like that too. I think OBJ is a good pick there. So Buffalo could probably, Buffalo could probably re-sign McKenzie, sign OBJ, uh, assuming that you know he recovers well because, you know Buffalo, whoever Buffalo brings in has to be someone who's going to be around. Um, but they, yeah, they could probably do a uh, a sign OBJ, uh, an, an OBJ type player. We have. Um, I, I look at the list. I see John Ross. We know he still has the speed. He's never lived up to it at this point in time. But uh, I'm looking at now, the list. See, I, yeah, I think John Ross is. You know, I've always been high on John Ross. I think anybody that knows me knows that I've been high on the guy for a long time because I love that kind of speed. Yeah, he's done, man. He he's just he's never going to actually be what we wanted him to be. Um, Christian Kirk. Oh, I like that. So Christian Kirk, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Akeem Hicks might have been priced out at this point in time, but you might be able to get like a, 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 a BJ Hill or a DJ Reader, and then mm-hmm. uh, and and then add on um, either a, a a Justin Houston or a Melvin Ingram. I think Buffalo has the space to do that. I think it's appealing for most of those guys to you know help them get their rings and. Um, yeah, Buffalo probably has the space to pull that off. 
And I, I'm not saying any of these players' names specifically. I'm just saying the type of players that Buffalo could get in order to in order to improve their team in this offseason if they decide to go the free agency route. Like one of the things Buffalo still has all their draft picks and they have an additional seventh rounder. Uh, let me let me fact check myself on that really quick. But uh, let's look at the Buffalo Bills. They have one through six of their own, seven from the Falcons, and seven of their own. Yeah, so Buffalo still has all their draft picks. It's it's a great draft for defensive ends. Uh, you, you'd you'd have to you know edge rushers, so you'd have to think somebody's gonna uh fall fall towards the end of the round. Uh, maybe Buffalo goes running back with the first pick and is able to take you know uh the the top rookie running back in the draft. I don't know thoughts. Or, or, you, or do you think they're, they're going to give up on Singletary yet? I don't think they're going to give up on Singletary because I think that he's he's fine for what they want him to be. Okay. I think, however, Buffalo is fine with him being what they, what he is, and they're going to just say, oh, it's okay. But I think that that's where Buffalo is going to keep costing themselves the ring. They don't have that dual threat, you know? Well, maybe they, I, they, McKinsey can become that. I I really do think so. I mean, <clears throat> and did you happen to notice like the game where uh, Cole Beasley was out with the COVID stuff, and you actually let Isaiah McKenzie be like what he what what the Debo Samuel role is? He was actually really good. Yeah, you know, he he was really good at that. You know what is what is it called Debo? Um, a wide receiver. Uh, a wide back is that what they call him? A wide back, okay, yeah, sounds like. A... I think that's what the the 49ers term Debo's actual position at is a wide back. Okay, that's probably <laughs> that's probably what they call it. And you know, you remember a few years ago, the Ty Montgomery was great in that role too. Yeah, we. I mean, we've seen plenty of players that uh, that that have had uh, flashy seasons like that. Um, uh, most people just view Tyreek Hill as a downhill, uh, downhill threat at this point in time, but um, that wasn't just the case early on. A lot of Tyreek was doing that uh, his first two seasons. And you have Debo doing yeah. it now. You have Cordell Patterson, who's been doing it forever. So finally having success this past season. Yeah, McKenzie could develop into that. But um, yeah, so. You know, this is – I know that it's less than $30 million in cap space, um, That and that's assuming that they make, make the moves that um, I'm recomm- – uh, that various people are recommending that they do. Even with um, – they obviously have to make some of those moves, but at the same time, they can put themselves in a spot where they have a little less than $30 million to spend without doing any – uh, damage to the, to the, to the structure of the team, which, which is kind of amazing. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say that Buffalo can Buffalo. If I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, I am optimistic going into this season, into this off season that we can potentially win a Super Bowl in 2023. How about you? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think Buffalo's, Buffalo's favored, uh, or they're second in Vegas right now. Yeah. So it's not going to catch – I don't think it's going to catch anybody by surprise. 
they're good. I mean, they're very talented. Josh Allen is, if possible, Josh Allen might still be a little underrated. So I think people need to people need to really look when they're talking about Super Bowl teams. You need to look at the cap space and realize that the Chiefs probably aren't going to be the same Chiefs team. Oh, uh, the Chiefs are actually uh, better off than uh, than looking uh, than the cap indicates too. Like like Buffalo, they're they're actually in a much better position than than it's painted at the current point in time. So I uh, yeah, but that's for an AFC like West show. That's not for today's show. Right. I like that. That's why I was coming back over and saying I really like the Bills. I like what they have going on. I think they're they're going to be a lot of fun, you know. Yep. And to me, it's, I know it's kind of like I sound like a little kid here, but I I want a fun football team, and to me, the Bills are fun, you know. Fair enough. I mean, they can play both offense so, and defense. Not too much more fun than that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, they do it well, and um, you never actually on fourth down. Nothing is a guarantee with them. They could very well decide to go for it, yeah. but not like Chargers level go for it. So, <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, uh, enough of Brandon Staley for this show. Uh, moving right along, oh, I, got, I have like three more that I wanted to go to later, but okay, I'll skip them. Oh no, we as long as they feel in or- organically, we can take those shots. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, moving along, uh, it's no secret that the Miami Dolphins have have the most money going into uh, going into free agency. That would be sixty two point six million. Uh, and and obviously these numbers uh, these numbers are not finalized. So when we're talking about the salary mm-hmm. cap, they're not finalized yet. The NFL hasn't finished audits, and there there is different criteria that different people use to to base what that number is. So, I, uh, you know, if, if you have something. Uh, every number I'm using is correct to within three million of of every other number that's being used out there right now. So uh, I should probably say sixty two million as opposed to sixty two point oh six. But you know, um, Dolphins also can uh, still free up uh, so, some money if they want to go uh, without actually doing any real damage to the team. Um, the only one name of significance that's being rumored as a as a cut would be Eric Rowe. Uh, the third cornerback on that team, which, you know, for, for the Dolphins, they, they have three guys who can line up and, and lock someone down. But he would also save them $5 million in cap space uh, if they were to cut. The, most of the other names that are on the list um, that help bring the Dolphins up to a, uh, another $22 million are, are names of backups under and underperforming uh, injury-prone players. So it's – so they could easily – get the cap up over 80 million into that 85 million range if they wanted to. Um, my biggest concern is that with, with all the negative press, with, with, with um, everything that went down with Brian Flores and it's kind of, is Miami an attractive place to play? Not at all. I, if I'm a free agent right now, I don't want to go to Miami. So Miami's Plus, gonna have to spend the money. They're gonna have to beat offers. Yeah, and um, you're. I think they're gonna end up having to probably overpay a little bit for guys that you know, probably shouldn't. Guy, guys who Buffalo can get for thirty million, the Dolphins are probably gonna have to spend fifty million to get. 
Right. And they're going, you know, you're not going to get the top guys. I don't think any of the top guys want to attach themselves to this train wreck right now. I mean, someone might like th- th- there might be someone who is who is literally just all about the money. Uh, it, you know, it's it, uh, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say names for that portion. I I wouldn't expect a uh, a Devonte Adams to come though. But let's just leave it at that. <laughs> No, but I would expect, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, um, a guy like a Derek Carr, I think, is an upgrade over Tua, and I think they could, he can realistically, they can realistically shoot that kind of range right now. Yeah, in the you know in the trade market. Though, though, Derek Carr, it, it sounds like they're very much sticking with Derek Carr at this point in time. Until Russell Wilson uh, is on the table. I mean, maybe, but, you know, at the same time, what do you have to give up for Russell Wilson? It sounds like the new GM really wants to be able to build through the draft. So I'm not sure if I'm not sure he's parting with draft picks to get one of the elite quarterbacks that are being rumored in trades. Um, I, the Dolphins could be in that conversation. I, I, I don't know, but. And the Dolphins do have the. Uh, I wanted to go to Mike Gusecki first, but um, I'm, let, let's go to the Dolphins trade capital really quick to see to see if a trade even. I think we. Well, while you look at the capital, I'll just I'll put it out there that okay, if they don't re-sign Mike Gusecki, they're kind of being ridiculously stupid. Mike Gusecki is a guy that you you attach your team to. He's shown, you know, he's. He's shown this year that he definitely is a very talented tight end. Yeah. You get and you also have Waddle there. Yep. I'm a quarterback and throwing the football accurately. And I think that team is going to explode. Very well could. Um, so the Dolphins did tra- trade away some of their picks, but they got other picks from the 49ers back. So they still have a, a first through fourth two fourths, two fifths, uh, and mm-hmm. a six and a seven. But, you know, it's it's kind of crazy because they have the 49ers first, the 49ers third, the Steelers fourth. The uh, a, a, Their their second fifth is a, a projected compen, uh, compen, uh, compensatory. Uh, their sixth-round pick is the Patriots. Their seventh is Baltimore's. So it's really hard to picture where the Miami Dolphins' picks are. But they do have picks in every round, including double picks in in the fourth and fifth rounds. So they can address some of their needs that way. Uh, one of their major needs is is still Ed Rusher. Um, and to my knowledge, uh, that 49ers pick is high in the first round. There's there's a lot of teams picking before that 49ers pick. Mm. Uh, do you think one of the uh, impactful rookie edge rushers will still be around there? Or do you think the Dolphins probably have to go wide receiver at that point? See, I, I don't go wide receiver in that first if they can oh, avoid it. Dolphins don't need a wide receiver anyway. Now, now that I'm looking at the I, – I have listed as the needs. Uh, obviously, running back is, is the glaring hole. The offensive nine does need to be rebuilt a little. Um, and it's, it's a huge priority to bring back Mike Gusecki, or they definitely need a tight end. And I also have a quarterback listed as need too, but uh, 
Do you think they're going to address Tua this offseason, or do you think they're going to ride one more year? If it's me, I address the situation. I think that he's still young enough and green enough and there's enough hope from some people in the league that they may be willing to give you something for Tua. That's fair. So I, I take what I can get for him. If it's the, you know, but I'm looking at it from the Dolphins' perspective, and I say, you know, not really in contention for a ring right now anyway. So might as well see what we got for Tua, and then we can readdress no, this later. So with nine I, I don't love and probably around $90 million in cap space, they might be in contention. So I don't love I don't love this Dolphins team. I, I don't love their defense. And I really don't love their offensive line. The running back is just a fatal death trap for them. Yeah. Um, didn't didn't they burn like three kickers in like three weeks at one point this season? No, they have Jason Sanders. Okay, so I was thinking of Jacksonville. I just don't want this Dolphins team, especially when you look up in the division and you still have to find a way to get past the Bills and the Patriots. Because you can't you can't look at the rest of the AFC and say, okay, we can be that division that puts in three teams. Honestly, honestly you know? at this point, they have to stay ahead of the Jets. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to say the Jets because a lot of people think I'm crazy. I still like Zach Wilson. I still believe in the kid. Yeah, but the Jets are in a better position this offseason to improve their team more than Miami, and the Jets have a more mm-hmm. promising young rookies on the team than Miami. Like, And I think it's crazy. Well, okay, now, taking Jalen Waddle out of the equation, which you, yep. you might say that that's, that's unfair, the Jets will improve more off of Ricky improvement from, 2000, uh, uh, from 21 to 22 than the Dolphins will. Okay. Um, from the 2021 class for them. But it, it, again, I'm, I'm not saying the Jets are relevant to anything, but I'm just saying if the Dolphins played a perfect offseason at this point, they have the resources to do it. Uh, one thing that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we might be talking about the Giants today too. Um, is there a trade that makes sense that involves Saquon Barkley to the Miami Dolphins, being that they have the draft capital? Um, I could say maybe, but the problem with the Giants is like, <clears throat> sorry, are the Giants, have you, I haven't heard this yet. Have you heard anything where the Giants are actually interested in moving Saquon? No, I mean, I think it's more of a, we're thinking they should rather than, rather than they will. So, so maybe we just should shut down talks until there's talks about it. Because everything I've seen is where the Giants are by. But we're we're allowed to give our opinion if we think something should happen. Yeah. Just say that we don't think it will happen. Okay, so you think that the Giants should trade Saquon to Miami, but probably just not likely. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a Giants fan, I don't love it, but I'll see what kind of picks you're willing to offer me. You know, if I'm the Giants, I definitely want to hear the offer. Yeah, I mean, you have to listen to the offer. 
um, because you know the truth is it's it, it's a tough rebuild in New York right now. So it's if you can if you can get someone giving you star uh, star running back uh, uh, picks back for Saquon Barkley, then then you kind of have to do it at this point. Um, but you know we'll get we'll get that with the Giants. That's not that's not this portion of the show. Uh, either way, the Dolphins need a running back. They need help on the offensive line. It's it's not going to be an easy fix there like quarterback aside because I, I don't think that they're going to be able to I don't think that the Dolphins are going to be able to trade for Rodgers Wilson or the, the, there are other teams that uh, that can sell out more and give guys like Rodgers and Wilson better chances to win than 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 Miami at this point and why would Rodgers mm-hmm. or Wilson go to a place that isn't already set up for that like, why would they go to a line that, yeah. that, that, that isn't going, that can't protect them to a team without a running game? Yeah, it's cool passing the Jalen Waddle, but you still don't have uh, the Siki confirmed. Uh, the Dolphins, um, it, it's very fair to go to the list of free agents that they will be parting with because there are some hits here. So, going down to that portion here, real quick, the Dolphins will be losing. Uh, Will Fuller, Emmanuel Agba, uh, as of right now, you know, Mike Gusecki, Philip Lindsay, so um, Malcolm Brown, they're going to have to rebuild the running back core one way or another. Duke Johnson, um, when I'm looking up and down, it's – I. so, yeah, they're going to have to address running back either way. Uh, they're going to lose uh, Alandon Roberts from the linebacker position. They're going to lose uh, a good backup and uh, a decent backup in Jacoby Brissett. So they're losing their top pass rusher. They're, they're, they're only tight ends. Some pieces from the receiving core, which needed to get better. And pretty much their whole running back core, except for, uh, uh, except for, I don't know, uh, the, the guy who should have been starting last year, but struggled. I, I forget his name already because he's kind of already irrelevant. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I don't know. The point is they have the resources to do it, but it all begins with re-signing Gusecki, right? Yeah, that's where we'll see what, how much they really care about investing into this season. If they let that guy walk, they're idiots. Yeah. But that, this is also a team that, you know, reportedly – Reportedly, it was willing to pay a coach to lose footballs. Yeah. So, looking at the running back list real quick, because, you know, we we understand that the Miami situation is not as good as it looks on paper, but there's there's a few running backs. I'm going to throw your way. Does, Does this seem like it could be a pairing for Miami? Uh, is Melvin Gordon going to be able to find the big contract elsewhere? Uh, I think so, actually. Not big, but I think medium-sized contract, you can find that. What, do, do we think Miami is in a position to pay for? I, I think Miami would only pay for a Melvin Gordon if they could actually bring back the other pieces to, to make themselves believe they're in contention, right? Yeah, I also think that Melvin Gordon is 
the type of player that doesn't really suit where Miami is right now. With you know, if you're saying they're going to keep going with Tua, and then Gusecki and Waddle, Melvin Gordon's not really that young guy that's going to be too much of a a future for you. He's he's kind of a right now guy. Unfortunately, when you look down this list, you're seeing Leonard Fournette, you're seeing Cordaro Patterson, James Conner, Raheem Mostert, uh, Alex Collins, Sony Michelle, David Johnson. None of them are young. <laughs> no, so you have to go into the draft. You have to find your Michael Carter in the draft, you know? Okay, so if the Dolphins are going there for the draft, then that, that then they're then the logical place for them to spend the money in free agency is going to be edge rusher, right? So the question is, who can they, who can they grossly overpay to get to Miami? See, that's where I feel like it's most, most anybody that's not immediate ring 10, you know? I couldn't picture Von Miller wanting to play for the Miami Dolphins. With all his, with as deeply involved in the, um, in the, what do they call it? The players. Uh, yeah. The racial equality, you know? Yeah. Especially right now with, <clears throat> if Miami even has like a little, a little hint of what's being accused of them. You're you're gonna be hard pressed to find a decent player that actually believes what they're what they say that's willing to go there. Well how about a younger player fits the bill for Miami okay. who's getting a chance at his first major contract who who is not pro, who is probably not desperate for a ring at this point in time in his career. Randy Gregory. Okay. I'll probably, you know, I'm, I'm going to concede that that's not bad for them. And he, he may be looking for it. Any chance Miami can resign their own guy, Emmanuel Agba? I don't think so. Um, he's good enough to declare good money elsewhere. While also being able to you know get good demand a good solid payday, and chance to ring. That's fair. Um, so really, when we're looking at it, uh, as far as the offensive line goes, um, I'm. There's a lot of great offensive line names listed on the list. Uh, a, a lot of players who whose names I recognize and respect, but. It's really hard to figure out which offensive lineman's going anywhere because it seems like every team needs a tackle. Mm-hmm. The the Dolphins may be in a better position to overpay than that than some of these other teams. So uh, targeting a Trent Brown or targeting a guard in like Brandon Sheriff might make a lot of sense for them. You know, uh, a, a big name guy, maybe maybe a Jason Peters. I would not be shocked if Miami spent big money on two, uh, on two of the bigger name offensive linemen. Any thoughts on that? I think it, no matter which quarterback route you want to go and which running back route you want to go, you got to look at that offensive line and protect it. Yeah. So I, I, I can see good money being spent there. And if they're really going to, 
if they're really going to go with Tua, then it becomes a priority to, to nail down two of those big free agent uh, offensive linemen and Mike Kosicki. Right. And then how about this? How about save some of that cap space to use against 2023's cap? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a good idea. When you when you know what you have in Tua, you know if you're looking for a quarterback, why not just play? Why not just play more for your future? Like you know, as of right now, you you'll have Gesicki on contract, you'll have Waddle on his rookie contract for another two years. If you can keep what you're doing younger, and build an offensive line on top of it, you can make yourself a bit get by get by an off season where there's a lot of scrutiny on the organization and, and rightfully so and you know defer it to a year later like honestly you're not catching buffalo this year right but if you actually make smart moves this off season and then save the rest for the next maybe in the following season they can be right in contention in the afc east I say maybe because it's really hard to picture Buffalo going anywhere for a little while. And it's really hard to picture New England being down that long. So, but at the same time, it's, you know, once, I don't know. So if I'm a Dolphins fan right now, I'm just hoping that. Uh, honestly, if I'm a Dolphins fan right now, I'm I'm probably screaming buy this player, buy this player, buy this player, draft, and and, and we're gonna make the playoffs again next season. Uh, because most most fans don't actually think with their heads; they think with their hearts. But as, as someone who's looking at this uh, from not being a Dolphins fan, who who I guess maybe I'm I'm not being objective because I'm a Jets fan, but I, I'm thinking that the Dolphins probably should make sure that the players that they sign are younger players, make that offensive line appealing, and play for 2023. Yeah, and they've got the dust settle, you know, and you'll be able to... Things like this don't live very long. Um, let's be honest. If players are still willing to go to Washington, players will be willing to go to Miami next year. Yeah. And, you know, so the, just... the truth is some some people don't base it off of – there are plenty of guys, and we don't know who they are and, and who they're not because for some it's about the money. For some it's about the chance to win the ring. For some it's about avoiding a place of controversy. For some it might just be a, being able to get back to their home state so they can be closer to their parents again. Right. Uh, we don't really know what it is for each guy and – and ultimately, we'll never actually be able to know for most guys. I mean, there's very few guys that are uh, Aaron Rodgers-esque where you can tell it's he's, he's chasing the money. You know, there's not many guys where you can just look at them and know exactly what they want. Yep. And, you know, for, for Rodgers, uh, he made it quite clear. He wants $50 million. But for a lot of these guys, you don't really know – you don't know where they're going because, and so that's why this is all speculation because it's almost impossible to be able to say like, <clears throat> you know, what every individual wants. But we can say this much. We, we, we think that the Dolphins probably should hit the draft for that running back. We think that, that the money that they spend should be on a big time pass, a young big time pass rusher and an offensive line. And 
right. most important priority, bring back Gesicki. Yeah, that, that has got to be priority number one for them. So, because regardless of whether it's Tua, you know, if Tua is going to turn out to be an NFL starter, it's going to be, be uh, it's going to be because of the comfortabil- comfortability he's built up with Gesicki and Waddle. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing saying, I mean, there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, in having a, you know, 15 to 25 ranked quarterback, you know, have a very average middle of the road quarterback that gets the job done. There's nothing wrong with that. Teams well, win with that. Two could be better than that if he can stay healthy. I mean, I've been saying it the, since was in Alabama already. He he's glass. You know, he's a very fragile type of player, and I don't mean that as like an insulting way that it just came out of my mouth. But he's not a strong, you know, hit him in the mouth, get back up kind of quarterback. He's not Big Ben. <laughs> and he, he's not even Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, Joe Burrow. <laughs> right, he's not even those guys. He's he's not going to play when he, he hurt, when he's hurting. He, he just doesn't do have that. Patrick Mahomes did, did two Super Bowls ago. Right. So, I mean, I... I don't mean that to be insulting. It's just it's the way we've seen with Tua. You know, he's yeah. He won't throw his body on the line like a Josh Allen. And right, he's, he's not he's as a, gifted as some of these pocket guys. I would say he's kind of like a Jake Cutler. You know. Oof. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, but but that's kind of how I see him. Is he's got? Hello. Oh, you mute it for some strange reason. He go. just, you know, he doesn't want to, he, he's not willing to risk himself. And there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, he's got to look out for himself when he's 60 years old. Cause none of us are going to, none of us are going to care what his body's like at 60 besides him. Yep. But I so, think, uh, I think we've talked enough on the Dolphins at this point. Uh, absolutely. Move on, to the, move on to the worst case scenario in the AFC East right now. Uh, the Patriots are starting with seven point three three million, and outside of cutting older veterans like a, a Van Noy or a Jonathan Jones, um, which would save them thirteen point two million in cap space, they can't do much to increase their to increase their cap space. They can maybe increase it by about seventeen million. They can get it up to a little over twenty four million overall. The Patriots are going to have to like. 24 million with some of the numbers that are being with some of the numbers that some of these teams have is not going to get you a ton. You're not in the Buffalo situation to where people think will give you a discount for the championship. As a matter of fact, you're still in Buffalo's division. Now, with that said, I haven't seen anyone do better with, with older veterans who are on, who are on their final chance than Bill Belichick. So this list will be really, you know, Trying to fill these Patriots needs are, is, done, is going to really be about the draft um, and about finding those guys who are the 16th, 17th best in their position who, who, are, who are actually getting uh, – who could benefit by becoming a Patriot. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, but I, they'll clear some room too by – they have to cut John Smith, right? Like that's 
that's a foregone conclusion, isn't it? No, because uh, uh, trading Johnny Smith is much better for them. That's one of the ways that they can get uh, get it. Uh, if they were to cut Johnny Smith, I think it actually cost them cap space. What about a Hunter Henry? Bad contract. And this is the year we finally see Nikhil Harry leave, right? Yeah, but once again, these aren't guys who who help them. These aren't guys who help them create cap space. These are guys who arguably make their team better by by getting rid of them. But um, as far as man, yeah, well, let let's go to two names of free agents that they're losing really quick. Um, oh no! It, wait, did I answer your question? No. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, you did. <sighs> My biggest question is with New England. Is there any way they can hold on to J.C. Jackson, or is J.C. Jackson as good as a free agent at this point? I think he's gone. Trent Brown. Gone, right? Probably. And, you know, maybe he can come to terms with McCourty or Hightower, but maybe that's maybe that's outrun, you know, maybe – or James White, but maybe those are – Patriots of the past now at this point. Like honestly, when I look at this this list of Patriots, that um, the guy you need to resign is probably kicker Nick Falk, and I'm not sure how much that's really doing in the grand scheme of things. So, how do you see it where the New England Patriots can add explosiveness to this team? Well, let's look real quick. Because they, they had none. And, you know, not only did they have very little explosiveness this year, but they don't have the money to go buy it. No, I mean, when we look at the list, uh, some of the ways that you could potentially get some level of explosiveness. Is, um, you, you've got, you do have John Ross. I, we already talked about him. But what about uh, Khalif Raymond? He seems like a multi-tool sort of guy that a Belichick would be able to mold. Okay. But do you see him as, you know, basically you need the first down. It, you know, third and 15, you need that first down. Can he explode out and get you that 15 yards real quick? Or can he, he catch, can he catch a team sleeping and all of a sudden be 60 yards down the field? We have seen Bel- – uh, well, he has the speed to be able to do it. We have seen uh, – Raymond is not my favorite of this style of player. Like, I would much rather have a, an Isaiah McKenzie or a Braxton Berrios th- than, than a uh, Khalif Raymond. But one of the things we have to keep in mind when we're talking Patriots is the Belichick factor. All right. It, it, it still is a very real factor. I'm thinking that Khalif Raymond could put up, I'm not saying a star, a superstar year or, or even a star year. I'm thinking that Khalif Raymond could probably put up, that he's in the Patriot budget and that he could put up the best year of his career with the Patriots. Okay. Um, I don't know if Belichick wants to go down the Will Fuller road. Like, I, I don't know who wants to go down the Will Fuller road. Like, 
you're, you're gambling a lot. I, I think that uh, Michael Gallup is going to cost you much on the market. I think the Christian Kirk will get overpaid somewhere else. I'm not sure how much of a priority it is to re-sign Jacoby Meyer. Um, when I'm looking at the Patriot draft picks real quick, let's uh, pull that up. New England, uh, they still have their first through fourth intact. They have no fifth, and they have the sixth from the Rams and the seventh from the Raiders. Um, I, I should know this. Does, does Mac Jones have a receiver coming out of college? I don't think so. I don't no, his know. Top guys were, his top guy was Waddle, you know, that, that was his guy and Devontae Smith. Those were his guys. Yeah. They're both in the league, you know. I, honestly, I, I don't. I don't know who fits the, you know, because of the cap restrictions and everything. I think that a Cleve Freeman could 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 make a nice Patriot. Um, Zach Pascal has some speed. Like I remember him with uh, uh, doing punt returns for Miami uh, for for Indy uh, a few times. So you know, a guy doesn't get punt returns without speed. So right. maybe, I'm thinking that the Patriots are probably looking at that Zach Pascal, uh, Pascal, Khalif Raymond type of player uh, to add to the offense, maybe both, maybe somewhere somewhere around that. Uh, as far as the running backs go, I, I really kind of think that their running backs are set. Uh, if James Wright is willing to come back for the right price, but I, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't think that they, I think they can move on from James Wright at this point. Uh, any, I, yeah. I think you... James White, I think you kind of let go the way of like the Rex Burkhead, where he's still got talent. He's still going to have a game or two a season, but you're not going to pay. You're not going to pay him what he's going to want for a game, you know? Yeah. Um, as far as the, you know, they, they have needs at edge rusher across from Matthew Judon, especially if they get rid of Kyle Van Noy. They have needs at cornerback when they lose J.C. Jackson. But those are two positions that you could very much address, address in the draft this year. Um, really, they need to they need to find that style of player that works uh, that that Belichick can improve. Uh, I, I know I mentioned it before. You you aren't the hugest fan of it. If you're going to the the free agent that I would spend the most on if I was New England is probably Calais Campbell. When when, when I'm looking down the, the list as a whole. Um, him and Judon did, uh, did did excellent work along with each other, and I think reuniting them with, with how well Judon did in New England, you know, the best year of his career, as far as I'm concerned. Um, maybe when I'm looking through the secondary, maybe a um, a Kareem Jackson who underperformed with Denver, someone who we know has a talent. Uh, this past year, but what do you think of uh, th that's the type of player I'm I'm looking to add if if I'm a uh, if I'm you know with with, with the page uh, if I'm trying to build the Patriots this offseason maybe a a Kareem Jackson maybe a Tracy Walker who has never quite lived up to what he could be. Mm -hmm. 
maybe a uh, a Marcus May, who let's let's be face it, uh, let's face it, Marcus May just kind of hates the Jets, and I think he would love the chance to tee off on them twice twice a year. Does anybody love the Jets? Is is there anybody that's actually in love with the Jets? Uh, players that play for them, they have they have players that play for them that love playing for them. No, I mean, like, even Jets fans. Is anybody in love with the Jets? I, 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 I love the Jets. I, I definitely root for them. Do, do, do I love where they're at currently? No, I don't. But, you know, Marcus May is – it's like kind of saying, you know, there, there are players on teams that hate their teams and, and are, are, are reasonably vocal about it, right? Like, I think yeah, the Jets tried to trade Marcus May last year, and Marcus May wouldn't do it, basically, because the Jets would get something back for him. Like, <laughs> Personally, so. I mean, I think the Jets are talented. Um, you want to know where I think the Jets have to go, though? And I, I don't know if you're going to love this. Well, it's pretty obvious where they have to go. They have to replace the whole secondary. Right, yeah. So if I'm the Jets, I'm looking at Kyle Fuller out of the University of Notre Dame. Okay. He was the top-ranked corner or the top-projected corner for basically the first nine or eight weeks this year. Yep. Tore his leg all up and had a, you know, he ended up having to miss close to, close to, uh, he missed the rest of the year because he wouldn't, he didn't want to play in the bowl game because he didn't want to have to take a chance on the leg. That's fair. So um, he was smart and took the time to recover, not ruin his NFL chances. The kid can catch anything. He he's a converted wide receiver. He was a he was actually a top sixty-five wide receiver coming out of high school. Okay. <laughs> Notre Dame had no room for him as a, on the wide receiving court. Just absolutely no room for a guy like him. And they converted him over to a, over to a corner. In that process, the guy decides, "Oh, I can catch anything, and I can cover anyone." So I, I think that that is where the Jets should really look hard at going. So, so you draft him, you bring in the Honey yep. Badger to mentor the secondary, you bring in Stephon Gilmore to get back at the Patriots. Mm-hmm. That'd be hilarious. It would be hilarious if we saw uh, May in Patriot uh, in Patri- in a Patriot uniform and Gilmore in a Jet uniform um, in this upcoming year's games. But you know, honestly, it's Gilmore has no love lost for the Patriots. <laughs> like Gilmore no, doesn't no, like the Patriots. He can't stand him. <laughs> um, so if he can help, if he can help, re- you know, yes, okay, maybe. Uh, Buffalo can't afford to pay him. Um, we, we've transitioned cleanly from from Patriots to Jets at this point, so there's not a ton to say on the Patriots to thirty. We'll go back. There's for, really not. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to uh, for the Jets. You know, intro numbers in a moment, but uh, uh, I think that the Jets could feasibly put together a Honey Badger, a Gilmore, and then address the rest of that secondary and address their need at edge rusher in the draft. Um, now the, the big question is: If you're the Jets, do you hit free agency for the wide receiver and hit the draft for the edge rusher, or do you hit the draft for the wide receiver and free agency for the edge rusher, or do you get edge rushers in both places? 
If I'm the Jets, <coughs> sorry, um, you, you, need, you need to help me out here, though. We need to get back to the preliminary numbers that you yeah. normally start with. Yeah. How much cap space do, do the Jets have? Uh, the Jets are starting with the 44.73 million. And then the Jets number gets very tricky from there because um, they have, if they cut everyone that is, uh, that, that, the Jets aren't cutting from a place of excess. They're not cutting from a place of injury prone. They're cutting from an aspect of players that are making too much. Does that make sense? But who still yeah. have roles on the team. Guys like uh, a Noah Fant, a Connor McGovern, a, a Sheldon Rankins, uh, Van Roten. So if the Jets were to actually free up what, what comes down to about $35 million in cap space, they would have to address the offensive line also. So conservatively saying Jets create an extra 15 million in cap space so that they don't deplete their offensive line. Does that make sense? It does. So can you justify to me for any, any ability why you look at the Jets <clears throat> sorry, and you're not looking at one of those top tier wide receivers that are available? If I could, uh, well, the, the question is, are we re-signing Jamison Crowder or Braxton Barrows first? So let, let's start at where we should have started. Braxton Barrows, 100%, you have to bring him back, right? You have to. You have to. Unless you want to screw up and give and give Bill Belichick a Wes Welker, Julian Edelman type quarterback or wide receiver again yeah, honestly if, if if the if the jets give up barrows uh barrios that's who the patriots need to target um you know who you know and this is I, I don't mean in this level of talent but he reminds me a lot of a, kind of like a hybrid between julian edelman and cooper cup i think that's fair and he was clearly Zach Wilson's favorite target down the stretch. Hello? Oh, you are on mute right now. You are still on mute. Sorry, I, I was getting another phone call in here that didn't, I didn't hear it. I was saying, did you hear what I said where I said he reminds me of uh, Edelman and like a hybrid between Edelman and Cup? I, I think it's very uh, fair to compare Braxton Barrows to Julian Edelman. Um, you guys have Denzel Mims on that team who has not been uh, utilized to his abilities yet. And if he were cut, he would actually cost us. And let's not forget Denzel Mims is actually really talented. He got hurt or he got hurt halfway through his first year when he had no quarterback. And if we're being honest, Zach Wilson has talent, but he was not a guy that you, he's not a guy you could trust for a lot of the season. It yeah. took him time to get used to the NFL. And a lot of that pressure came up the center. So honestly, as a Jets fan and something that makes a lot of sense, I'm looking to nail one of the top centers on the market. We, we have Ryan Jensen from the Buccaneers available. We have Ben Jones from the Titan, Tennessee Titans available. Mm -hmm. If I if I'm paying the, the the person who I'm paying the biggest money for 
because I, I'm assuming that we're not going to get rid of Noah Fant and we're going to keep him around with Makai Beckton. Uh, if we're getting rid of our center, Connor McGovern, I'm looking for the upgrade there at this point in time. So the money that McGovern saves me, I only have to add like two or three million to that to get someone who is infinitely better than him, which right. is which is kind of crazy to think. So, so for me, that's kind of obvious, and that leaves us at uh, that leaves us in a spot where we still have about um, we, we we still have about fifty million or so to work with at that point in time. Uh, I think the priority becomes re-signing Braxton Darius. I would love to see the Jets pick up a Harold Landry, a Hassan Reddick, pay big for one of those guys. Um, mm-hmm. They're still young enough to where they're not craving the ring necessarily yet. As far as I know, like um, Titans aren't in the best position to re-sign uh, Harold Landry. Considering that, uh, considering that they're very much alive in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes right now, uh, either one of those guys opposite uh, a Carl Lawson on the other end, uh, add another edge rusher in the draft. We're still looking at, you know, really when you're looking at it at this point in time, the Jets are still, even after uh, signing guys like that, they're still sitting somewhere around thirty-five million in, in salary cap space. I think that some of this obviously needs to be, uh, you know, be filled up with some roller, uh, with some role players. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, Gilmore and Matt, uh, Matthew before. At this point, I'm not sure the Jets have the money for the premium wide receiver. But let's see, is there a wide receiver that makes sense for the Jets? Who's someone who could really help to develop a young quarterback? For the Jets? I mean, there's plenty of them out there. I want you to know while you looked at it, while you look at that real quick, I just did my annual tradition of Super Bowl vet. Okay. I placed $13.52 on the because I like to have round numbers. In my betting account at all times. Okay. I placed thirteen fifty two on the New York Jets to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> it pays out two thousand forty one dollars. Wow. So let's go Jets. There you go. Um. So assuming that Jamison Crowder walks, mm-hmm. you have the big play potential in Elijah Moore and Braxton Barrows. We need someone who can really control the ball for the Jets over the center. Who will help a young quarterback. Juju Smith-Schuster. I was going to say, and you're not looking for Landry in that position. Or not Landry, sorry. You're not looking at Crowder in that spot. I, I like the Juju move. Um, especially because I think he's been humbled. You know, I, I do think he's definitely realized, like, okay, I'm not what I used to be. Let me take a step back and act, you know, more mature. And he has, and I know Zach is going to hate it because he thinks that Juju's still a big play guy. Juju has turned into a decent possession receiver. Yeah. Um, a Jacoby Myers. I don't love that. You don't love um, it? Okay. 
Jacoby Myers has two career touchdowns. Well, I like, mean, it, when, when you're on an offense with Moore and, and Barrios, you don't necessarily need to get the touchdowns, right? Uh, yeah. What I will say I love about Jacoby Meyer, you would never, ever know that that guy has two career touchdowns. Nope. Because I've, I've never heard him complain about not getting those looks. You know, he's, he's a great team player. Uh, you know, part of me thinks he's just going to stay with the Patriots, to be completely honest. But, again, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Doesn't he strike me – he does strike me as a type of guy that um, <clears throat> doesn't doesn't want to move. He doesn't want to move around. Yeah. You know? When I look at the list of wide receivers, though, unless you're going to bring back Jamison Crowder – I think you can get an upgrade, uh, you know, because of the familiarity with, that he already has. I think you can get a, a younger upgrade with a Juju Smith-Schuster. Smith uh, I believe that they're probably around the same money because I don't think Crowder's going to price himself down for the Jets, and I think that Crowder comes with less baggage at this current point in time than a Juju. But the team that gives Juju a second chance will probably get more out of him than – They'll get out of Crowder. I, 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 I'm not sure unless the, the Kansas City Chiefs find a way to make Juju Smith-Schuster their wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of a demand there is for Juju this offseason. I, I think it's minimal. So I, I think that he um, – and it, you know, maybe, maybe Buffalo is in a similar category too, but uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think it fits well. By getting uh, by by getting a center in free agency and bringing a Juju, and then actually I, I think we I think we went over the amount that the Jets could spend, so they're probably going to have to address edge rusher purely through the draft. So, um, which they can very much do because they have two of the top ten picks in in mm-hmm. a draft class where edge rusher is is the position like and i don't think a lot of people would fault them for going edge rusher or edge rusher twice in the top in the top uh 10 picks right i wouldn't if you if you're drafting it right i would not so really um, when it comes down to it uh we're, we're talking a, a a stable stable veterans in the secondary like uh like a gilmore and a matthew or you know something similar to that type we're talking a possession receiver like Juju Smith-Schuster, and then basically upgrade the center and make sure you bring back the tackles. Mm-hmm. And above all, bring back Barrios. So can you look at the Jets' second round pick for me um, real quick? Do they, they have a second, right? Uh, we have not gone over the New York Jets draft board yet, but uh, I know that the New York Jets draft board is, is very strong. They have two firsts. They have two seconds. They have a third. So, they have two fourths, two fifths. The Jets are actually so, a prime team to be able to trade for someone. So if I'm the Jets, what I'm going to – what I'm looking at here is, you know, Kyle Hamilton's going to the – is, you know, in all mock drafts, he's slated to go to the Houston Texans one pick yeah. ahead of you. And he, he, he should. But if, I, you know, you know where Kyle Hamilton went to school? Notre Dame. Yeah. 
Um, well, Kyle Hamilton might be the um, might be the best player in this draft. I don't know. Yeah. So if it's me, what I'm doing though is I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give up that first, for that fourth overall pick. In my in that first second round pick that the Jets have, and I'll even throw in a five to move up to that number two spot and get Aiden Hutchinson. That, he's a game. He's a game breaker, man. I, I don't think they would have to give up the fourth, a second, and a fifth. I think they could actually pull that off by going the fourth pick overall, one of their thirds, and one of their fourths. Whatever they have to do, they I would do whatever the Detroit Lions are asking me to do. Just so that way I can get Aiden Hutchinson. He's a game breaker. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, <laughs> he's the same. You know, I watched... this year's this year's defensive class is going to be what last year's offensive class was. What's insane though is like Aiden Hutchinson. He wasn't this good. He wasn't like a top tier like recruit and stuff like that. He made himself this good. He, so he to busted. be fair, we, we are we are you know we can say a few more things about it, but we are leeching on draft shows at this point. Yeah, I'm just saying like that. That so for me, what I would do if I'm the Jets is, I, I'd solve my edge rusher problem right there by taking second overall. Which basically, you know, when we're looking at what the Jets have available for the draft and the players that are available, the Jets need to use free agency to make sure the offense can do stuff. They need to bring back a Barrios. They need to bring in a Juju type. They need to make sure that that offensive line is solidified. And then if they can bring in a, people who can be mentors on the defensive side, like honestly, I, I'm in love with the Jets getting uh, the Honey Badger in that secondary because I think he can make all the difference in training those young guys. And then just see what happens in the draft for, for those edge rushers, for, 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 those, uh, for the other members of the secondary. So, we've now covered the AFC <clears throat> East. I would propose to you, my good friend John Miller. Yes. That at the and we're we're gonna pull the curtain back a little bit. I probably should have texted this to you, but I I'm not, you know wasn't thinking about it. I, I think <clears throat> I think that we have done a show's worth here. I was gonna say, do you want to cut this show here? We wrap up, say goodbye, and we hop, and then uh, we hop away for a second. About five seconds come back together and do our nfc show right now yes that sounds like a great plan all right let's do it bye everybody right. <laughs> so uh thank you everybody for tuning in and listening thank you to world and sport for allowing me to write for them thank you to anchor for hosting this podcast uh we really appreciate everyone tuning in um yeah no this was a, a fun show to discuss um uh, we will uh, we we will definitely attempt to keep these uh, the, the rest of the divisions a little a little lighter. Uh, the truth is that the AFC East has uh, the, the truth is that the AFC East ha- has two teams that are in the like uh, the top six or seven of what they can can spend. One team that's very attractive for free agents. So you know the AFC East is a more in depth division than than the next show is going to cover because. Uh, Honestly, <laughs> with the NFC East, we could probably just say, uh, "Well, yeah, we'll we'll say that uh, we'll say that in the next show." But um, uh, any way you look at it, as in all fairness, as a, 
as as right. long as the AFC East does not screw this up like like Brandon Staley, um, the future's looking bright. <laughs> yeah, in all fairness, your favorite teams in the AFC East, my favorite teams in the NFC East. I would always project that these two are the longer two shows. Yes. All right. Catch you guys later.